Welcome to episode six. I'm Lee. And I'm Eric. And together we're Bourbon Departed. We got some Evan Williams today, Lee. Yes. Nice. And their product, this Bottled and Bond, is one of their flagship ones. And it was in perfect timing for the anniversary of the Bottled and Bond Act. Bottled and Bond. Yeah. So we're not recording it on the exact day, which was March... Third, Not to say week. we didn't drink it on that day. Correct. So, March 3rd, 1897. It's 126 years ago. 126 years ago. 126 years of bottle and bond bourbon. Yeah, 126 years of the government really <laughs> caring about us getting good bourbon that's not messed with. Bourbon has always existed the government just realized yeah. that they probably want to start taxing it. But get this. They, this 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 Bottle and Bond Act, it came nine years before the Pure Food and Drug Act. <laughs> so almost a decade, right? Yeah. So they cared about bourbon way before your food being pure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, was, it was basically created to enact a standard quality for bourbon mm-hmm. now there were there's loosened rules that is what majority of the legit brands are going with it's kind of um, like nowadays like yeah they, nowadays yeah yeah nowadays so the loosened rules as i call them um legit brands uh as we all know they teamed up in 1897 and passed this bottle and bond act now it ensured uh, any whiskey labeled Ball and Bond BIB, a.k.a. BIB, had been distilled at only one American distillery in the same season. So the seasons go from January to June or July to December. Aged at least four years under strict supervision and bottled at 100 proof. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So the strict supervision aspect, I think, is what is loosened up. Now, here's the strict rules. All right? And you're, as I say this, you're going to probably notice how OG strict that this labeling and behavior of their Evan Williams bottle and bond is. Yeah, you can see they even got the the mock faux uh-huh. tax stamp up yep. here, or yep. strip, whatever you want to call yep. it. You don't see that on all of them. So, no. um, and it doesn't have to be. Right. Um, you're you're still getting your bottled and bonds out there, but mm. they don't need to be. Is what I'm about to say. Now the strict ones are. In order to be labeled as bottled and bond or bonded, the spirit must be produced at one distillery distillation, uh, distillation season, and one distiller, one distiller, and one distillery. It must be bottled and stored in federally bonded warehouses under the U.S. government supervision for no less than four years. Mm-hmm. The bottled products label must identify the distillery by DSP where it was distilled, and if different, where it was bottled. Most bonded spirits are whiskeys. Now, I'm not jumping ahead, but I will tell you when we start looking at this label. On the back, you may wonder, what? why do we have two DSPs? We have Louisville, Kentucky DSP, KY1. We'll go into why that's KY1. Right. And then Bardstown, Kentucky DSP, KY31. So, I'll surprise you with a little more information of why you have two dsps on there and 
why they couldn't be all at one. Now to add in a little bit of a more later regulation, okay, clarifying if you're going to say straight bourbon, mm-hmm. you're going to put that on your label, right? Has to be produced in America. Okay. Include at least 51 corn in its mash bill. Contains zero additives. Now that was the big one. Right. Right. Yeah. No f- color yeah. flavors. And, and so bottled and bond with straight together, you have the cleanest. That you're you're you know you're saying this bourbon's the cleanest by government regulations. Right. Laws. And we they are following make a them. Consistent product. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is whiskeys can have stuff in them. Mm-hmm. You don't put straight. You don't right. label straight. You're by, by this law, right? Or this regulation. You go and say straight. You, you have nothing added, no colors. And I learned, sadly, after years of drinking scotch, that, that there is no straight with scotch. Mm. Even the best scotches have colors in them. Right. That was shocking to me because they say, I guess, uh, something along the lines of when the filtration processes that they're into, they're typically used, you lose color. They don't want people to think it's not dark enough. So there's colors added. Well, maybe now, that. And it's, and it's like a used barrel, right? Don't they use a used barrel? Yeah. They get our barrels, right? Yeah. I think they get our barrels. You're right. Maybe that's, they have less color that we've right. already took some from it, but that was, that is another super exciting thing about someone wanting to try bourbon because bonded and straight together oh man you know you know you're getting a legit thing right it's got four years under its belt has to Mm -hmm. right all right because the government says so yeah so i i've you and i've both i say we've both had this bond yeah i I let you know i bought it i had it before you but we both had this bond and we both like it yeah it's good this is not going to be a surprise for either one of us but what I would like to do, we've never compared it with tasting notes or anything like that before. Right. We've never gone, because Evan Williams' website has tasting notes, and their distillery has tasting notes, and I'll get into them later. Yeah, I feel like we kind of drank it before, and then we stumbled upon it again and realized, really realized how yeah. valuable it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, for the price and, yeah. and the product and what you're tasting, you know, Oh, it's it, bonded, you know. I was just telling a guy today, I mean, he was saying he was going to go buy something and I told him about this and about the show we were going to be drinking and he didn't know about, he didn't understand bond and he mm. didn't understand straight and the significance of it and the quality you were getting out of it. Right. He's like, oh, I'm going after that. I mean, the <laughs> price point for this, um, MSRP is, um, I believe it's, it's 19 or 21. I didn't put that in here, but somewhere we get it for about 21. Yeah. We get it for about 21 here in Florida. Um, so the price point having a four year guarantee, right? Right. Bonded straight. And as we were studying this label, we've had this bottle for a couple months. Right. Um, it's has, you know, it's got some, it's got an air gap in there. It's has, it's been exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, Genuine sour mash they run along the label on the side, which I wasn't aware it was sour mash, and it's charcoal filtered. I didn't, I didn't know those two. Yeah, t- we didn't, mm-mm. we didn't really realize that yesterday mm-mm. until, yeah, you know, we're like, hey, yeah, yeah, this is crazy. All the stuff that, yeah, they just jam in this in this nineteen dollar bottle. Yeah, yeah, and I've read, I've read like reviews. Someone said something to, even I think it was on the Evan site. They're like, how <laughs> are you in business, giving this away? 
because they right. felt they were like, <laughs> yeah, because it was such a deal. Don't you say know? that. <laughs> Please don't. Don't, that. don't jack up. Don't, no, don't yeah. jack up the price, yeah. Heaven Hill. Don't do it. Uh, so, but the, the other so the thing is, is that label that is called the white label. So it had a different label. This is the matured, more bottle and bond obvious label they've done. I don't, I don't have a bottle with the original label. I don't have the white label. Okay. There's white label. There's a black label. I try to get us the black label, um, but the, but is, we're trying to basically go with this is a bottle and bond anniversary. 126th anniversary and i really wanted to go with that and i this is a now we just drank some bottle and bond another show mm-hmm. it was a month earlier um so we have a true appreciation for bottle and bond. Right. true right. appreciation um do you want to get into this you i'll tell you some more yeah for sure let's okay. uh let's get into the nose and yeah talk more about it and then we'll nose it taste it see what the finish is and then i'll come back with uh their their notes okay all right because the experts over there that are master distillers they Mm -hmm. must put the input of what we're to expect now this is sat out now for uh, a few minutes right yeah aired out long enough for four year to air it out from the bottle that we've we've already had open and i was reading or listening the other day something about Letting it sit for so many minutes after however so many years it is. Yeah. I don't know. Who, who knows how true that is? Yeah. I don't know. It we, could be. we let it breathe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it is easy to nose. I'm, I'm getting a lot of apricot. You're getting apricot again. Mm-hmm. Some spice on the nose, you know. So I get the sweetened, the caramelized corn. Yeah, I can smell the caramel too. I'm trying to see, do you, if you picture, you almost have to think about it. And we don't know what leather tastes like, but do you sense any leather or no? Yes or no on that leather? Is it there? Me? No, No, I don't think so. I don't either. Maybe I can revisit after, you know, I I taste it, but. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a sweet, it's, it's a hundred. Oh, I left out a a point here. It's a hundred proof. Right. hundred proof, you know, bottom, but so you're, you're. Another guarantee that's a home run. Like you mm. can do a lot with this. Right. It, right. It's not your 80. Yeah. Yeah. Proof, you're going to you know. like you always told me in day one, you're like, you start making cocktails with the 80 something proofs. You're going to be yeah. like, you're, right. yeah, you're losing some. This will hold. This should hold. It's right. And for the price for it's <laughs> for it to not be 86 percent or something. That's like awesome. That, you know? Let's get into the taste. Okay. Plenty of warmth with vanilla, right? Yeah. And I get the warmth up front, definitely. Yeah, you're getting the warmth of the front and too. Then vanilla, maybe some maybe some oats and some caramel. Yeah, the mash bill, just so you can understand this now, their corporate website is saying the bourbons are seventy eight corn, ten rye. 12 malted barley someone else and i don't know how true this is someone else had a mash bill stated that it was 75 corn 13 rye and 12 so the barley is still 12 throughout both of these interpretations Mm -hmm. 
both of the other ones are pretty close, but you know, you have a 3% extra corn. So I, I'm along the lines of believing it is the 78 corn with the sweetness, yeah. right? And the caramel. Probably it's, it's a, uh, it has a little bit of spice, but it's definitely, it's a sweet spice. It's mm-hmm. not like an overpowering spice. Now you're finished. Is it keeps, uh, it, the, the warmth goes away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it hits you up front, and then uh, kind of rolls back on the tongue, and then mellows out. Almost like, uh, almost like if you were in your car and you had heated seats, and you instead of setting it to max, you kind of just set it to that little number just to one keep setting. you warm, yeah. just to know it's there. Yeah, it's leaving you to know it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it's, I like it because it actually gives you a a quick opportunity for a follow up because. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's a lot it of doesn't pleasure. Linger. There's a lot of pleasure in the front. It doesn't linger with like a lot of spice. So, which is, makes it easier to drink. You know, There's a lot of front like end pleasure st- to it. Yeah. Sticking to the back of your yeah. throat. But I like it. Did you, I mean, I don't, I'm not getting the apricot aspect. I um, think I only smelled it. I don't really. You don't taste it now? No, I think the, like the oats, the caramel, um, <clears throat> I think they overpowered that. All right, so let me just tell you what their notes say. The aroma should be caramel with a hint of vanilla, oak. Now, I don't. I still, to this day, I'm not uh, a, an identifier of the oak. I feel like the oak is like a given. Like I feel like that's just yeah. What bourbon? Tastes I, I don't. Like, I haven't connected know. the oak to what. Maybe oak. not like oak like out front oak, but like if you can taste that it was, it was sitting in like a wood. A if, wood you, barrel, if you have you know? to tell me if you, if someone's telling me in this nose, which I'm doing again here, if someone's telling me I should have some oak, well then I can believe that if you're telling me what I'm smelling is oak, cause there's identifiers oh, and I can't, yeah, out. there's things and I, I can't misspoke. identify. I, I meant like on the taste. Oh, that's y- just yeah. the aroma. Oh, okay. That's just the aroma. Now the taste is citrus on top of vanilla and black pepper. So I don't know. The black pepper is not harsh. Black pepper. Do you think the Do you think the ending is the black pepper? What's giving us the heat in the end? It's maybe the the proof in the beginning, and then maybe the pepper is in the end. Is that? It's a different spice. You get the hit of of the proof, and then mm-hmm. the peppers maybe in the end. Yeah, that may be possible. Maybe. Because the finish is supposed to be warm, long, and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, other notes people have written, they, they say French vanilla, dark fruit, sweet cream. And it, I, sometimes it does taste creamy. Depends on what you've eat, yeah. eaten that day. Sometimes it does taste creamy. Um, Not a lot, though. Like, I didn't, those other things you just mentioned, I don't really get any of that. Um, maybe a light touch of maple, maybe some grain. And uh, that's on the nose, okay? Just on the nose. Sweet cream on the nose. <laughs> I keep thinking we're, we've already made it into the taste. Yeah. No, I'm back on the nose mm. with someone else's concepts. I just kind of compiled a bunch of people mm. I wanted to have opinions. Yeah. Um, back to the palate, though. We're saying everybody agrees. Caramel, oak. Mm. Now, uh, dark fruit, you know, I don't know. That's almost, do you think dark fruit's almost a given on the, on the flavors on all of them, too? Um, I mean, when you put, I don't know if it's cause it's in my head, but maybe like 
a dark cherry or something like that. Like I, don't a cherry. I, think, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's the apricot. Because that's a dark fruit. That's a dried fruit too. Dark, you know, dark dried fruit. So, mm-hmm. um, I well see. Here's someone thinking a little little leathers in there. Uh, I, I'm trying to put the leather in there. I would like to. I'm not getting a lot of that. Yeah, I don't know. Really, I haven't locked in what leather is, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is considered medium body, uh, velvety. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Medium, definitely a medium body. Now, for a hundred proof, it's really like it's a smooth drink, you know. Like it has a little bit of kick, but like I can sit here and drink it, yeah, and not, you know, yeah, not take. Yeah, so that bottle is got the details of the bottle and bond, um, like you pointed out, the raised lettering on the glass. Yeah, look at that. The detail. Yeah, you don't see that too often. Um, yeah, it's it's raised Evan Williams just all over it, you know. Even has the side over here says Kentucky Heritage, Evan Williams. That talks about where his distillery was set up. I, I know you've I know you've done your research on this. I'm yeah. curious to hear yeah about uh, the history of Evan Williams. Evan. Yeah. You know, we've you've drank bourbons and whiskeys. You've been in it longer. Everybody knows you've been doing it longer than me and, and sipping these things. And I'm a late bloomer in this, but it's a uh, we. I consulted with one of our super historian nerdy bourbon guys, and even I stumped him with a couple of questions. So that made me think, okay, well, not everything is obvious, right? Which was good because I don't want to sit here and try to. Uh, explain something that I have completely wrong or could have been, I could be missing and it could be right. out there and right in front of my face. So yeah, I did. I got, once I started digging into Evan and there's controversy. Really? Yeah. So there's controversy, which is cool. Um, and you know, we've seen in documentaries, like they state like there is no proof of this. And uh, what I'm trying to say is Evan, right, like ground zero bourbon. Yeah. Like where, yeah. Where, who is ground zero? Yeah. Well, yeah. you're going to know, uh, on this bottle, it's not on this one, right? But on this bottle, the seventeen eighty three, right? That one. They're proud that Evan is allegedly the first dis- Kentucky distiller in Kentucky. Okay, so that's why that DSPKY one. Now, uh-huh. so Evan, yeah. So here's here's Evan. The guy's born in seventeen fifty five. Okay. Okay. 1755. He's a native of Wales. He comes to Kentucky about 1780. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Louisville was just established two years earlier, right? Um, and what happens is this guy is sharp. And when you got in Louisville, I'll just tell you about Louisville and this Ohio River that's going through to this end of this. It's a, you know, it's a, Ohio River basically separates these states, right? So mm-hmm. the Ohio River has these falls. They're not falls like Niagara Falls, but they're they're falls, enough falls that a boat can't continue over them or it'd be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I've seen some pictures. Some of the falls are were like five, six, ten feet maybe, but they, they weren't they weren't enormous. Right. Um so he notes quickly once he's living here in Louisville. This place has this grain surplus problem. 
Hmm. Well, I don't know where he learned. I don't know how his wheels got turning, but he took advantage of the surplus of grains and went into, into distilling. So he sets up um, his first distillery on the banks of the Ohio River. Okay. <laughs> nice. So, right on. And he's purchasing corn from surpluses on the east side of what is now known as uh, Fifth Street. Um, so he has uh, been known for being the first commercial distillery. Okay. Now, legal, the federal documents show that he registered in 1801 with a federal distilling license. Uh, he indicated that he owned three whiskey stills licensed at 141, 130, and 93 gallons. Hmm. So 1801, where allegedly these documents are showing right. he is the first distiller. And as you, Evan Williams, the labels, they have been running on the black label. It's a big deal that he's number one, first Kentucky distiller, legal distiller. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's the first legal distiller. It was someone else maybe making out. Right, like, probably. Our friend, he did some research that we were talking about, the guy, that real historian type, that goes to these places and, and sees these things with his first, you know, first hand. He found that Elijah Craig was, was two years later. He hmm. registered. Now, Elijah, I don't know, maybe he was distilling it and making it for people, right. maybe he for, maybe he did actually physically distill it before Evan. Right. But Evan's the first legal, right? First on the books, yeah. selling it. To right. People. Right. Right. Now the cool thing about him, um, he was into this town. He liked to involve himself. Okay, and he was into the civil leadership stuff. He served as one of Louisville's seven elected city trustees now the rumor is that when they'd have these trustee meetings he would bring a bottle of his bourbon to the meeting and i'm sure that lightened things up can right? you imagine i mean who how strong was that i mean was i mean because if he started in 1801 like was he bringing two-year bourbon that bonded wasn't right you know bonded so 1801 bonded doesn't come around till 1897 right okay almost 100 years later bonded comes in but he was he was strict now there was accusations and stuff of the cleanliness of things but he wasn't into yeah. adding tobacco syrup and all these sick right. things that people were doing to, to make a, a, a spirit pass right because i mean have you heard stories like yeah the, definitely the Hope. crappy bourbon some killed people yeah I had no idea until I, I like, read read up on it. You know, just uh, download some ebooks. You know, and I'm like, that's crazy. Can you yeah. imagine? No, it's that's sick. Like, I, they put something. Uh, I don't know what ingredient it was, but I heard people would just shrivel up and die because they, whatever ingredient they put in there to pass it off as that's a brown. That's horrible. Yeah. Can you imagine like drink like I'm gonna. You're thinking you're gonna have a good night. Some bourbon, yeah, you know? you're gonna have a good night. Long day at work. Pour yourself some bourbon. Your gut just that that if I get this right, that is where that rot gut or gut rot statement mm. came from back Maybe. then. Maybe. So I know we all know Evan is not around anymore. <laughs> How are we drinking this bottle and bond today? And is it the same stuff? Yeah. That he had initially made. You're, back you in have the day? Re reading my mind because 
the man, he passed in 1810 in Louisville. So he only lived 55 years. Probably drinking a bottle of bourbon. I hope so. <laughs> now think of this is how ironic. Born in 1755 and okay. you live 55 years. <laughs> the, it uh, almost makes you want to be born in like 1999. <laughs> so you know, you, <laughs> so you can go to The 2000. life expectancy wasn't very great back then. Yeah, but... You know, you know that there's a story of Jack Daniels, and that's not it's like his real name, but the the real Jack Daniels, how he died at a young age, by, mm-hmm. and all he did was it was a mistake. He kicked his his big safe, and he got an infection, and mm-hmm. kept losing parts of his leg. Right, He'd, he would have lived longer. I don't, I don't know what happened, to Evan, but maybe 55 was a good age. Sickness, flu. I don't know what happened. Yeah, so. There's a big gap. Well, before we get any further, oh, I uh, the importance, the importance, the important I, might, I might need a little bit more for the conversation. Yeah, because I've got to tell you about the distillery who picked this up and added this to their portfolio. Okay, mm-hmm. and the the good thing is the perfect powerhouse distillery picked it up to give us this amazing product to continue. So. Uh, in 1810. He passes in 1810. Now, Heaven Hill, okay, Heaven Hill, we know they make a bunch of stuff. Their mm-hmm. portfolio is big. They've got Evan Williams. They've got Elijah Craig. And it's funny because they have in two. their portfolio the two that are the OG alleged right. back and forth first distillers. Right. How convenient that is. Oh, you don't think Evan is number one? Well, we also got Elijah Craig. Right. Like these guys are probably fist fighting back in the day. And now one big name company. We'll just basically buy you took both. both of them. Out. How you get those names? How you even take that I don't control? Know. I don't know. Does the family have the control? They sell it over to Heaven Hill because they show interest. Who I knows? don't know how this works. Who knows? Did they make some deals after the grave? I don't know. Yeah, maybe they. Maybe there's because you're going to learn. Heaven Hill is still family owned, from what I understand. Really? Have still family owned. Now they were established in 1935. Oh wow, 1935. Evan passes in 1810, so over 100 years later, 100 years later, this distillery, okay, is established. Now, some say 35, 36, first introduced, uh, um, the, the, the Heaven Hills was uh, established or started producing. I don't know what it was, but right. we'll, say, we'll say 1935. Um, now, but they didn't pick up. Evan Williams and get the rights to that until in the 1950s. Oh. So, but they were smart. I mean, it only took them 15 years, right? And they're like, wait, we have the opportunity. We know the lineage of of Evan. And they are, to this day, they state that they just want to be producing a product that he would be proud of. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wonder if that means that this is, this is what, like Evan was initially making back in the day. If yeah, I mean, if he, bill or anything, if he was, or, you know, brought back to life right now, walked in, right. and we gave him a pour of bottle. Would he be bottle, like, what is Would he this? go, this is exactly what I died drinking, or you guys changed my recipe? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, would he be like, what is this stuff? Yeah, wait. This is isn't it, my bourbon. Or this, more he does he say, wait, you improved. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and he's an expert, right? So he's right. like, oh, 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 okay. But, and he knows the mash bill. 
And he calls it out and he goes, oh, you guys figured out the problem I was trying to figure out. Because you would think it would be flavor locked in his mind if that if he died drinking his yeah. own bourbon. You yeah, know? yeah. Genetically, he's locked. it's locked. <laughs> right, right. Now, with, uh, with Evan Williams' brand coming into their portfolio, it quickly became uh, the nation's leading bourbon, I guess, and Heaven Hill's distillery, Heaven Hill Distillery's flagship brand, actually. Really? Yes. This is a mover. Evan Williams is a mover. Um, they're this, the notes I have, they're saying second largest selling bourbon in the world. The Evan Williams line. That's second. A, that's a big claim. Yeah. Um, so shortly after prohibition ended, this is when heaven Hill decided to jump on the distillery, uh, wagon and, uh, founded in Bardstown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, by the, I hope I don't, Shapira family, Shafira, Shapira family, uh, to produce and market bourbon, um, and American whiskey. So they didn't just stick with bourbon. They got, you know, with their whiskeys. I don't know what we haven't had their whiskeys, but, um, it was a speculative business because there was issues with, uh, the height of the great depression. Uh, the company was family owned and, the um, hit the industry analysts were saying you're you're picking a wrong time to do this, but they did it anyways. Now it's Heaven Hill is currently now fifth largest spirit supplier. And my notes they may have moved up, but they're saying fifth largest supplier in the United States and second largest holder, second largest holder of aging bourbon whiskey in the world. And again, at my notes say a one point six million barrels in aging wow yeah 1.6 like under their belt like yeah in their they have they have laid down they currently lay down have the capacity to i guess to lay down 1.6 million barrels yeah so 2014 yeah that's a lot where that where do you put 1.6 i don't even know I don't know. I've seen some old pictures of the place. It's kind of cool. Like the way they, they spread out their Rick houses and stuff. I assume because if one just were to, I don't know, blow up or burn, you doesn't screw the other ones up. Yeah. They're not side by side. I gotcha. Um, now the company changed its name to heaven Hill brand. So there's, there's heaven Hill brand. There's a heaven Hill.com and then there's a heaven Hill distillery.com. So each one okay. of them, heaven Hill brand is more corporate and, um, they basically wanted to make a position to be the nation's fifth largest distilled spirit supplier. Uh, over the last three decades, they have built on its foundation of American whiskeys to become a broadly diversified supplier. So I, they are doing what God's work. you and I don't really buy liqueurs. We don't buy a lot of vodka because we do buy some rums and other spirits, but they right. are making that too. Oh, okay. So they're, I don't know, is there juice going to other places? Or are they finishing it off? Is there rums in some of those barrel, six, 1.6 right. barrels? Is there? You'd have to imagine, I guess, if you had that many barrels, you could just experiment yeah. with whatever, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think vodka, it just basically you don't need to distill it and move it on. That's probably know. quicker money. I think probably. they distill it and move it on. Um, so back to, I'm going to give you the details on those two, those two DSP you know, statements on the back of that label. Uh So the KY one is the Bernheim facility in Louisville that was bought in 1999 by them. And the DSP KY 31 is the Bardstown distillery. 
Now, the Bardstown Distillery, I guess, uh, did have a distillery aspect, but it burnt down. And so the mm-hmm. second DSP is only where it's bottled because the, the distillery side burnt down. But you oh. can still bottle there. Oh, okay. So according to Bottle and Bond, you got to state the two places. And right. they're following that. They're like, right. okay, we're going to use Bernheim, distill, right? Mm-hmm. Age, and we're going to send that to Bardstown for bottling. Bottling. Yeah, if I get that correct. And, uh, you know, Evans, back to Evan, he's credited with making Kentucky whiskey whiskey as early as 1783. So that is the date that they run with this. That's why the 1783 is on there. Oh, okay. He, I, I think, if I got this right... He called his whisk. I mean, I guess his. He would say, "I'm bringing some 1783 with me." I would. I think that's what he's. He would do. Maybe. Like just like yeah. Jack would say, "I'm bringing num- old number seven. Yeah. Um, I, we don't know. Yeah. But 1783 is this like foundational year that is run with all of the Evan Williams stuff, and this is literally the 1783 line. Yeah, I was wondering why. Yeah. You brought us this too. Yeah. I was wondering. So what I was thinking, we've got familiar with the bottle and bond. Mm-hmm. We both had it, but now we're comparing it with notes, putting it in our heads, some, you know, the tasting notes and the flavors and stuff we're supposed to have. Cause mm-hmm. before we drank it, we just drank it. Yeah. Let's freshly open this 1783. Okay. This is the 1783 oh. small batch. Again, a phenomenal price point. It's extra aged. Now, what does extra aged yeah, mean? Yeah. So the bottle and bond is four year minimum. Now, right. this one, okay, extra, this is aged six to eight years. Really? Yes. And the price point is phenomenal again. Uh, small batch, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So we have straight in there. Now we're at 90 proof. Okay. So why do they proof that down? Maybe that's maybe why the price point is so affordable because they did maybe. proof it down, right? They can spread it out further and they continue to make a good, uh, they yeah. can turn a good, you know, still make some money. 90 is not, that's nothing to, to yeah, shake. Like the ratio of we went up a couple of years, but yeah, we well, want to keep the price point. Yeah, we need to good, send so. a little more over to these. Yeah, yeah. you get more out of it. At- So let's taste the uh, bottle and bond one more time before okay. we go into 1783. All right. Mm. Lock that in. It is good. That is good. All right. Okay. Now let it dissipate. Now the pepper mm-hmm. sweetness dissipating. Yeah. I guess that numbing at the end is maybe the pepper. Probably. Probably. So this is, we're going to jump down to a 90 proof, right? Mm-hmm. 
we're jumping down. It's straight. It's not messed with. It is small batch. Now, the thing with this is, uh, after this extra aging maturing, right, uh, limited barrels are then sp specially chosen and mingled. So mingled you're not this yeah. is not single barrel right right which can cause a real tight tighter price you know you've seen a lot of single barrels are a lot higher in price so they mingled them were you ready for some 1783 yeah let's try it out i'm curious because neither one of oh. us has had this one now let's nose it real quick Okay, so you can tell. You can definitely you can tell, tell it's, it's ninety. Yeah, you right? can definitely tell it's you agree lower than the bottle and bond. But I feel like it brings out the caramel a lot more. Yeah, yeah, the sweetness. I'm not getting a vastly different nose. No, it's not vastly. It's just. Less. I just, I just think it's, it's not as much of a kick. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you can, you can do a hard draw on this. Yeah, and it doesn't. Not that the bottom of bond stung your nostrils, but it, this stings your nostrils even less. Right. You know? um, Let's get into the taste, buddy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I can slightly tell the difference. It almost had, it's lasting longer. Yeah. So you tell me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I drink this, it tastes, you know, fairly the same. Mm -hmm. Just it doesn't give you the kick up front. Mm -mm. You can taste the pepper more and it is a smoother, like, a smoother like you know on it's, your tongue it's it, it lasts longer and yeah. it doesn't give you that like on it's your, more mature on your throat. you can yeah. tell it's mature it doesn't right? it doesn't give that like I don't, you know what i'm trying to say like on the back mm -hmm. of your throat it doesn't give that sting it doesn't have the initial bite it's kind of just some flavorful juice i would probably be able to tell the difference in a blind i we're not going to do it but i could probably tell visually no i wouldn't be able to tell Honestly, just based on the, not gonna be able to tell visually. Just based on the proof, I think. Honest, other yeah. than that, yeah. I think it tastes fairly equal. You know, uh, I think the proof has a big play in the flavor profile in this. I think that the higher proof, I mean, more commonly hides some things than a lower proof. You get more of the flavor because it's not as hot. Mm -hmm. You know, but. well. I'll give you this. Um, extra aged, six to eight years. Now this, this one, this is specific, right? This in their portfolio is to honor the year that Evan Williams founded Kentucky's first distillery. It's pulled now. It used to be pulled from fewer than two, 300 barrels. Now it's allegedly pulled from le fewer than 200 barrels. Really? Right. So they've dropped it down to 200 barrels Wonder where those are located in the Heaven to Hill brick houses. Who knows? Right. 
um, because this is the same mash bill, okay, that their personal bourbons use. They're just different parts. From what I understand, different parts of the Rick House, different levels of the Rick House, different time, uh, aging times. They get a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, it's back to the same mash, uh, 78 corn, 10 rye, 12 barley. Is that the same mash bill as the bottle and bottle? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's in a different, it's longer mm -hmm. and it's, maybe in a different location and it's right. 20 or um, 200, you know, selected barrels. Right. The, uh, the tasting notes. Okay. So the color, same as the other one, the brilliant honey, basically the aroma we got, the, I did get, uh, I think I got Oak on the taste on this one, but mm -hmm. they're saying there's Oak vanilla sauteed butter and sweet corn on the aroma. Did you mm. so, so, sweet corn? Yeah, there's sweet corn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, taste is semi-sweet, oaky, and honeyed. I do believe I get that. Oakied, oaky, honeyed sweetness. Oaky, honey, sweetness, basically. Yeah. And it's lean. It's off dry. I can, I can see how they're saying there's more of a honey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So what, this is the question, mm. which one do you like better? First, what is, mm. first, what do you like better? And then what is the price difference on both of these? 1783 is cheaper than the bottle and bond. Really? Yeah. If I remember this right. So you tell me first. Or did I get it the other way around? They're very close. I mean, within like a dollar or something. Oh, okay. If I have this wrong, it's like oh. within a dollar. It's within a dollar, a dollar ninety nine. Dang, that's yeah, that's impressive. No, it's not a big jump. No, for vice bottle, versa. For a bottled and bond, right? They're both about twenty. So you go buy these two bottles because mm -hmm. I went and got us. I wanted us to have one with the intact everything. Right. Uh, so that's for de, for the demonstration. Uh, the investment, you know, the two of them was like forty something with tax oh yeah 40 something with tax you get these two yeah which one are you buying if you have if you can only pick one well the consistency of the bottling and bond and giving a hundred proof for another dollar it's hard to say they're they're really i like the mature i i can taste the maturity of the 70 i actually yeah. like the seven i may it, i don't know if because it's new but at this very second, I would say I'm going back from more 1783 until I go and get something that I don't like. I would agree with you. Right? I would agree with you. I think that it's more of a gamble to go with the 1783. However, the 1783 drinks a little bit better yeah. than the bottom and bond. But the bottom and bond is a more secure yeah, buy. It's proof. Guess, it's, yeah, you know? Yeah, sworn, but I mean, they're both straight. There's really, no junk added. Right. That, that's the beauty. Like, at least get straight out of the way. And you're not going to get a crazy difference, you know, maybe with a 1783 bottle for bottle, you know, like it's not going to, it might not even be a noticeable difference. I know? don't know. We'll keep trying 1783 through the years and 
I don't know. I mean, uh, did they, it's small batch. Uh, is there a big indicator you're buying one five years from now? I, it's not like they're, I don't think it's serialized, but right. uh, you just, I guess maybe they keep picking the same 200 limited 200 barrels from that same section over and over. I don't know. But a good thing, I, I do like that they mingled it mm -hmm. because we're going to talk about single barrel stuff in other shows. And, you know, there's, you could have one that you like and don't like. Because I remember when I was at, at Jack Daniels one year, um, they were saying, if you like this, this single barrel and you pay attention to the numbers on here, you better go get more. I have heard that. I have heard that. Yeah. yeah. I haven't you know, indulged in that yet. I haven't even I mean, yeah. went I mean, down that road, but because you, you go and buy one of those and you got to go home and try it. And then right. do you run <laughs> right. back and try to then go through the shelf and pick the same cereals? I, I haven't pursued that, mm. but well, final test here. Let's toss some mice in these bad boys and, and see how it changes the flavor. I agree. So 1783 is off the coaster. Bottling the bonds on the coaster. Mm -hmm. What are you going with first? What are you let's, let's curious? The, let's go you like wanna, we have been, just bottle and bottle first. Yeah. We, so we're at 100 proof. We added some ice. What, it probably brought it into the 90s maybe? Yeah. Cut it to the 90s. So it definitely cuts down on, on the initial smack. Mm -hmm. um, you still have that lingering, like mouth-watering taste, but I feel like it brings out the caramel and the cream more. Mm. My first impression was I would still rather drink it neat. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first impression. Yeah. Um, because I, I appreciate the things I appreciate the characteristics and this, maybe a drop of water would do, mm -hmm. uh, we know it would do, it would do something different. We haven't done that, but right. this ice cube drop, I prefer it neat compared to the ice cube drop. Maybe we'll do a couple drops of water sometime. Um, do you think it's changed the flavor profile though? I think I lost, I think I lost my sweetness that I, that I pursue. Really? Yeah. It becomes more, I think it comes more woody, like more, I think you're getting, I think you start to be yeah. getting more of the barrel aspects. I see that. I more see. earthy coming yeah. out. If it drops one, because that makes sense. Cause if you drop, um, the overpowering sweetness, well, not it's over, it's never overpowering, but you, you drop your favorite pro profile, right? 
I lost my sweetness. I lost some of the caramel. I mm. lost the stuff. And now I'm getting the earthy stuff. Do you pick the... I, I can I can agree with you there. I, th- cool. I think it does bring out the earthiness in the oak. Uh, for me, it I feel like it, it kind of amplifies the cream and the caramel, though. Uh, but yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, if, if you want to... I guess if you wanted to see the other the parallel the other level of this drop some ice in it to see what the other level is and experience it all right so we know what that is we know what's going on there right let's move on to the 1783 and see what we get there 1783 now that cube's been smoked away by the (laughs) mine was a bigger cube yeah you had a big cube but I get more still, I still remain more nose on this. It's even, we dropped this into the 90s, right? 90 proof, something that, oh, in the 80s. We dropped this into the yeah. 80s because it starts at 90. I feel like I get less nose. Now I, now you can tell the difference. I think the maturity, some of the mature aspects of the six to eight remains you can't water them down so i'll tell you what i think and you tell me what you think Mm -hmm. i i feel like it proofed down a lot like i uh too much proof down for me yeah yeah like i i don't get a lot of the flavor but i get a strong peppery note you know that's a really all that's on my on my mind you know when when i taste it let me taste it one more time but um yeah i feel like it's proofed it down a lot i don't get as much of the initial flavors it's kind of watery but uh i don't know the mature the mature the things that i appreciated of the maturity of it neat are still there with that it no it both of them lost more sweetness Mm mm-hmm that went away. We lost that for whatever reason when it gets watered down. But there, uh, the but but the uh, maybe I'm finally picking up on the oak and the mature aspects of you know being in that barrel longer. Maybe that's what I'm finally correlating in my mind, which we need to do. And there is this oaky, honeyed taste allegedly. So the first thing is semi sweet. You kind of that kind of drops out, but the oaky, honeyed oaky, um, charred oak, vanilla. Do you still get the vanilla? We don't lose. I think the vanilla stayed with both of them, right? I get a very subtle vanilla. Everything's subtle to me now. Like it, I feel like it's proofed down too much. I like it neat, way better. Uh, Yeah, I will. I won't do this to myself. I, uh, I think you can still taste the vanilla. You can still taste the oak. And definitely a little bit of pepper, but uh, everything's definitely you know reduced in flavor. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, think you're, I enjoy it a lot more neat. Yeah, you're able to you retain that that oak lock in better than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, not oak. I'm sorry, the the pepper lock in better than me. Yeah, you, know, you can tell the you can tell the difference. Can you? Yeah, that two years. It's the same mash bill, two years. But again. Who knows where these two select, two hundred select barrels right, right. are located in these houses, you know. Mm-hmm. And bigger question, Evan comes back to life 
Which one does he say is closer to his OG recipe? Huh? Right. Which one did he use to take to the city hall meetings? Maybe an even lesser a lesser year, right? Well, yeah, it would be lower proof, yeah. right? He would be lower proof, probably had less color to it. Yeah. Because the man starts this thing. I mean, he didn't have a long life. Right, right. He didn't have a long life. Uh, so if I do, if the math is correct, he's already in Louisville in his late 20s, 30s, right? Mm-hmm. And he only lives to 55. I think if I was Evan and I lived back in those days and I went to a town hall meeting and I was drinking my own neat my bourbon. My own neat bourbon. I would probably take 1783. I agree. Yep. I think that's closest. I would I I'm with you the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. There I think they're on Heaven Hills on to the spirit of that of him and I think mm-hmm. that's it. It is. Yeah. And I hope that he is proud in his grave because yeah. I think they did a really great job. Yeah, 1783. Really great job. I think you'd roll with it. Well, guys, like, subscribe, comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, What do you like better? Do you like the bottle and bond? Do you like 1783? Let us know. Please do. Thanks for watching.